Welcome to another episode of Paul Tom Power, Power System Design's podcast on the latest in power and power design. I'm your host, Alex Paul, and today I've got Jim Toper. He's a Mox's business development manager for power, and Mox's um, industrial automation solutions uh, provider, among other things. And we brought him on board because we want to talk about the industrial Internet of Things. Now, that's a pretty clunky buzzword, isn't it, Jim? Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks, Alex. Yeah, it sure is. Uh, of course, it is the buzzword of the year right now as it relates to manufacturing and communications and everything else. But, uh, of course, it's related to really the bottom line is connecting everything. Uh, if you have the ability to connect everything and have exposure into information, uh, then it gives you an opportunity to become more efficient, more knowledgeable, and, and really create a better product and solution. Well, I agree with you completely, Jim, and in fact, that's why we as a power engineering publication have taken such an interest in the automation aspects of the Internet of Things and the oversight management because even though there's nothing involved in there that might have a power semiconductor unless it's at the point of load, that entire philosophy of higher efficiencies and better systems operation goes right to the root of engineering, saving energy, maximizing efficiency, providing the maximum functionality to the user, right? Well, absolutely. Um, you know, even more so, you look at it in, on, a, on a grander scale, and you see how things get integrated um, from the power generation side, power distribution side, you know, where we get our power from. Traditionally, <coughs> excuse me, traditionally that grid uh, has been fairly unintelligent. And you'd be surprised that uh, there are still people that, you know, put a pole up onto a, a circuit breaker and trip that breaker manually by hand. Uh, in this day and age, that's amazing. I mean, it really is. Uh, so there is a need for this Internet of Things and, and making things more connected, making things more automated, even on the uh, you know, utility grid scale type of uh, architecture. Well, exactly. And, and, you know, yes, Internet of Things, is, it's really an Internet of Intelligent Systems. These are all systems and subsystems that are all eventually going to wind up in some kind of a mesh network downstream with very high levels of integration. But right now, we've just got to integrate what we've got legacy. We've got, you know, and not to mention the developing areas that are empowered by next-level automation and all. Uh, what's your perspective on that? Well, yeah, I'd, I'd completely agree with it there. It's, it's funny, when we go out to uh, a variety of different customer sites, and, and this one is really specifically related to the, the power grid and whatnot, we're seeing that um, in the United States, there's still a tremendous amount of utilities utilizing older technology like serial-based communication, for example. And while serial can still get bits and bytes from point A to point B, it certainly isn't a technology that lends itself to sharing across large, large expanses of networks. Uh, mm -hmm. So really the key then becomes taking that technology and maybe giving it a nice little upgrade and getting things on the network, thus creating more of the Internet of Things. Agreed. Now, they, no pun intended, there are a lot of moving parts in there. How do you sort all of that out? Well, you know, it's uh, <laughs> it's difficult. It, People have wrapped around different kind of technology initiatives to maybe kind of give a push in that direction. For example, uh, globally, we're seeing the trend towards a, a standard called IEC 61850. 
and it's a, it's really a global standard that basically says, hey, if you're going to do communications in a substation or a power network of some kind, you should follow these rules and use these protocols. And uh, it has been fairly widely accepted internationally. Um, but strangely enough, we're seeing uh, an interesting trend here in the United States. We're kind of the last people to adopt that. And that's mostly because our grid has been built out so well that we don't really, we didn't really need to have that upgrade occur until recently, and we don't have a tremendous amount of new infrastructure going in, like, say, China would, for example. So That's the cell phone we're... curse. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, there's so many examples throughout history with, you know, Japan and, and other countries kind of coming up and during their time, and their, during their Industrial Revolution. Now, we, we're lucky we had great infrastructure, but now we're starting to see that the infrastructure is working, but we could certainly make it more efficient if we just leverage technology and communication across the board. Agreed. Now, tell us what MOX is doing. Well, you know, Moxa is a company that's focused on communications in general for, we'll call it industrial applications. Uh, and in, in this particular case, as it relates to power, it, it really has a lot to do with uh, the grid and, and the ability to monitor power. So Moxa makes switches and routers and computers and, and protocol converters uh, that can be used to, to help make that connection happen. Certainly, it mm -hmm. isn't the most glamorous part of the communication. It's not necessarily sexy, but it's a necessary evil to get that data from point A to point B and, and share it to make it more efficient. Well, you know, although I would correct you, I, I agree with you f for the most part, and I'm going to take a big step here and, and mildly disagree with one of my guests and say, I wouldn't call it a necessary evil, I would call it a necessary responsibility because it's a necessary evil to me is something that is a detriment for 80 or whatever percent, but that little benefit you get makes it worth all of the other detriments, whereas infrastructure, yes, it's big and it's clunky and it costs you money, but you need it. You, bricks aren't sexy until you make a house out of them. You know, the, the, <laughs> it's, it's a necessary responsibility, but properly executed will give dividends far beyond the money invested. But yeah, I agree with you completely there. And, uh, you know, I think it's it, the trick there is to take that thinking and apply it to some of the older school and older engineers that have kind of done it in a more traditional means for the past uh, 20, 30, 40 years and make that jump. And, uh, and that's the challenge that we all face uh, as technology providers in this industry and, and technology zealots. Uh, there, are, there are those top 10, top 20% that really are into the technology, and there are others that know how to how to make it work the old way and, and are happy with it and can provide a stable infrastructure. But, you know, we need to grow. We need to make things more efficient. We look at things from a different perspective sometimes. Agreed. Agreed. Now, um, obviously, this isn't something where you can just attach the wire to the machine and it goes, you know, Roger Wilco, I am your electronic slave. Uh, there's engineering involved. It has to be dialed in. What kind of hand-holding do you offer the community so that they can implement your solutions? Well, that's a, that's a great question. It's, uh, it's always a fine line. When you're a manufacturer, you can only go so far really in, in offering, um, you know, examples or integration help and whatnot. But we do our best to try to educate on the technology available today, whether it's participating in IEEE symposiums or, you know, trade shows or road shows or, or educational seminars of any kind. We try to get the word out about it. 
um, and and show the actual ROI involved as well. Because it's not just that you have to understand the techno understand the technology. You have to also be able to prove that it's worth the investment. Uh, and there's a lot of internal selling that has to happen as well to make mm-hmm. that happen. Uh, so you know, between the two of those things, we do provide a lot of support. Whether it's you know network engineers that can help go on site and train a particular organization on how this stuff goes together, or it's the white papers, those types of things. We believe it's our responsibility to, I guess, prime the pump, as it were. Um, but then you know, enter the whole NERC SIP and security aspects, which is a, probably a whole other show uh, to talk about that. But uh, you know, that becomes a little bit our responsibility as well, and, and maybe giving some suggestions on that. You can't deploy technology well, without considering security as well. Agree 100%. In fact, Jim, I'm going to drag you back for that. You got to think that's a promise. So uh, we'll, right. we'll have another show to talk about that because you're absolutely right. It's, an, it's another huge space to talk about. And frankly, we could continue talking about industrial automation all day as well, but unfortunately, um, this is a podcast and we have a time limit on it. But uh, what I always let my guests do is have the last word in my podcast. Uh, so it can be more about what uh, Mox is doing product-wise or your position on the market or just some tip for our audience, but the floor is yours. Oh, great. Well, you know, I, I did want to have an opportunity to tell everyone about uh, networking is one step, but it, some of the advanced networking concepts is kind of the next evolution of of communication as it relates to power. And, uh, you know, we'd really love to showcase our, our PRP and HSR technology, which is a technology that allows you to do uh, redundant networking with zero recovery time. It's the hottest new technology being used in substations today. And uh, mm-hmm. you can find out more information about that at uh, www.moxa.com. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I was, I was going to ask you for the URL anyway, but I'm glad you uh, threw it in because uh, we need our audience to know where to go because this has been quite informative. And, well, as I pointed out, when you think about industrial automation, the number of legacy applications that can benefit from it I would almost say outnumber the new application spaces, but we both know that there are app spaces that we haven't even invented yet that are going to take advantage of this. Absolutely, absolutely. So thanks again, Jim. I really appreciate you coming by the show. And like I said, we're going to drag you back downstream, but for now we're going to have to let you go. All right. I appreciate it. Thanks, Alex, for your time. I appreciate it. The pleasure is mine. And I'd like to thank everybody out there in the audience for being with us because we wouldn't be here without you. Tell your friends. This is Alex Paul for Paul on Power. Have a great day.